Hey funny people, welcome to 4 Cent Shots. This is where I share a brief segment from one of the past episodes of the podcast for your enjoyment. So, enjoy! My Aunt Judy, who is at the moment sick but seems to be on the mend, is an absolute bird and nature lover. Her house, as a matter of fact, out in the country, sits in front of this small patch of woodland. So from her living room or dining room, she's always had this great view of trees to be able to spy any new songbirds that come near her home. She regularly also puts out feeders full of bird food to attract the more bold birds who don't mind coming out into the open to feed. Blue jays, red-headed woodpeckers, morning doves, robins, goldfinches, sparrows, grackles. Any kind of native bird, really. And even a few who just pass through from one part of the year to another. I learned a lot about birds from her and from bird watching while growing up. That said, birds in my family in general haven't always been on the best of terms. Several notable family stories include bad run-ins with our so-called fine-feathered friends. Sadly, or maybe I should say thankfully, none of them have thus far, thus far, happened to me. So let's start with roosters. If there's one bird that's caused my family more grief than any bird, it would be the rooster. When my father was a little kid growing up in Honduras, like a lot of people growing up in pueblos like San Ignacio, his parents kept chickens. Why? Because if you have chickens, A, you have eggs, B, when the eggs go dry, you have chicken for dinner, and C, you have feathers that you can then stuff in pillows. So it's really a multi-resource habit to keep chickens. But in order to have chickens, in order to make sure that they were all okay, you would also have to have a rooster, and my abuela Francisca did. And this rooster was the meanest bird on earth. It was so mean, so mean and so arrogant it made Donald Trump look like the Pope. And it would peck and scratch anyone who came near it except for two people and that was my abuelo Santos and my abuela Francisca. Because the rooster knew that that's where the food was coming from. You don't mess with the two big people but the little people on the other hand the children growing up They were at the mercy of this big, mean cock. And so one day, my father, when he was a little kid, went over to the hen house that they had on the property in San Ignacio in order to get some eggs, and the rooster scratched the hell out of him. Went to his mother, who he complained to, and his mother said, no, no, we need the rooster, we need the rooster. He makes makes sure that the pens are going to be okay, guards them from any kind of animals, because of course roosters will, and Honduras is a tropical country, so of course one of the biggest threats to the hens is snakes, little pythons and boas coming in, not only eating the eggs, which of course they will and can, but killing the hens, and if you have a decent sized rooster, you keep those goddamn evil things away from the hens. Well, one day, 
Buena Francisca herself, because all the kids were at school, went over to the hen house. And she didn't expect the rooster to do this, but it did. It pecked and scratched at her. Really messed up her left arm, by all accounts. Lots of scratches, lots of pecks. And so the next evening, as a sort of revenge, she went to my Abuelo Santos and said, Go kill that rooster, we're going to have chicken soup. And my Abuelo Santos grabbed that rooster, because of course you have to grab a rooster by first its legs, then its neck, and <coughs> broke the poor thing's neck. But that's what you get when you scratch the hand that feeds you. And that chicken soup, by all accounts, was the best my father had ever tasted, because he didn't like that feathery son of a bitch either. But my father and my abuela Francisca weren't the only ones who suffered rooster attacks when my brother was actually quite young. He got pecked by a rooster. My Aunt Shirley, who lives right near my Aunt Judy in the Missouri countryside, at one point had two roosters because she too kept chickens. It's a country habit to keep roosters, to keep hens, and to make sure that you have the egg supply coming through. And they always got several dozen eggs every single day, at least until everybody started getting sick and it was ill-advised to keep birds because of all the potential disease. But when we were really young, they had two roosters, one of whom was completely docile and would just sit inside this big old evergreen tree that hung over the yard, their backyard, and then another one, which was meaner than sin. In fact, one day we were in the backyard, away from the hen house, away from the hen pen, away from the rooster in theory. Uh, but right near the pond in their backyard, which we always love to go to, especially in summertime, because that's where all the frogs, toads, and tadpoles were. This is the country, so of course they're everywhere, and so the, we would always see spring peepers and big old bullfrogs, and every once in a while we'd see tadpoles that were clearly tiger salamander tadpoles, because they were so much bigger than all the other ones. And this big old rooster, big freaking thing, with its coxcomb all erect and completely straight and its green and orange and yellow feathers in full plumage and he came over to us us little kids and we sort of tried to avoid him but of course the minute you do that with a rooster what you've basically done is conceded defeat so the minute you start doing it he starts chasing you and he didn't chase us but he did inch closer begin to creep in on our territory, so to speak. And he got very close to my brother, who was sitting there. And it happened in such a flash. I don't actually remember it happening, but I was there. I don't remember seeing the actual pecking. All I remember seeing is this big old bird flapping its wings, sort of lunging its head forward. And suddenly my brother was crying. And I mean crying, wailing in pain. And for good reason. Immediately the adults who were sitting on the patio of my Aunt Shirley's home came running towards us, chased away the rooster. The rooster immediately ran away, of course. And I got a look at my brother's left leg and there was this nice red divot 
in a part of his thigh right near his knee and it was ooh, it looked painful and i was perfectly grateful that it wasn't me but of course my aunt shirley and my uncle rob didn't believe that the rooster had done this on purpose he believed that we had provoked the rooster And this belief persisted, and my brother and I became very paranoid about going anywhere near that rooster, because of course we're city kids, we're not used to being around chickens and roosters all that much, or at least we weren't then. And so we would just stay away from it. And then one day, one of her grandchildren, funnily enough, got pecked by the exact same rooster. And the very next day, my Uncle Rob went out there, grabbed that rooster by the neck, and broke its neck. And just as an extra precaution, he took out his shotgun and shot the other one straight out of the tree that it normally nested in, just to make sure that no rooster was ever going to peck anybody else in the family again. It is kind of telling that it took a grandkid to get pecked for them to do anything about it. I don't know. Maybe it's that closer familial lineage that happens. But enough about the roosters. Let's talk about another evil bird in the family. Let's talk about turkeys. After my abuela Francisca died, and my abuelo Santos had moved back from Tegucigalpa to living in San Ignacio again, where he was closer to the core of his family, really, and he was back home, where he really liked the pace of life. One of the ways that he made sure that nobody would ever bother his property was by having this big old fat bull turkey. And I do mean big old fat bull turkey. If you've ever seen a turkey in full plumage, blue head with the weird little red gobbet of flesh coming off the top of its head, all those brown feathers all puffed out, the back feathers all fanned out. I mean, it literally looks like a an ugly brown vulture equivalent of a peacock. But my Buenos Santos had this big old turkey, and this big old turkey's sole job was to act as a guard dog, so to speak. Even though it was a bird, it was better than any guard dog, because anybody who came onto that property who wasn't him, or who wasn't with him, would immediately get chased by this turkey. And this is where the great turkey story comes in. My sister, when she was still living in San Ignacio and still the the seven years between when she moved in with us, used to go down and visit my Abuelo Santos quite regularly because it was not even a half a mile away from T. Iris' house. And she, she went down there one day on her own, opened up the big gate that latched onto that the segregated his property from the public street entered in and she didn't realize that he was not there because normally if he were there she wouldn't have had this problem but she got in entered in and immediately this big old turkey came rushing at her from out of the banana trees behind the house and started chasing her and so they she just did laps around the property trying not to, trying not to get mauled or pecked to death by this big old turkey and this big old turkey you know blah, 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 mean old thing just kept chasing her chasing her chasing her i don't know how many laps she ended up doing 
but I do know that that's how my sister became a runner, because she outran that thing until my abuelo santo suddenly appeared, he came out, uh, he had been away looking at some of the property down the street that he owned, where he grew crops, he came in, and my sister was running around the property still trying to avoid the turkey, he walked towards the house and called out to her, uh, um, Miha, Miha, come on, come towards the house, come towards the house, and immediately she ran towards him, ran towards the house, and the turkey stopped, because there was a certain boundary, a certain undrawn boundary, that the turkey would not violate so long as the master of the house was there. I think eventually he ended up dead anyway, probably eaten too. Another great turkey story would be the story of my mother when she was a Peace Corps volunteer. When my mother was a Peace Corps volunteer, the first year that she was down there, she lived uh, with my abuela Berta in Tegucigalpa. And of course, Thanksgiving is not a Honduran holiday. It's not a Honduran concept. But my mother, of course, being the gringa, the goofy American, they wanted to accommodate her and make her feel at home. So they bought a turkey a live turkey for Thanksgiving that they intended to have for Thanksgiving. And they kept the turkey, and they plumped up the turkey, and they kept feeding the turkey all the way through until November. Until that November when Thanksgiving was about to roll around, and they knew they were going to have to kill the turkey. Well, how do Hondurans kill turkeys? I'll tell you how they kill turkeys. They shove a funnel into the turkey's mouth and pour what's called... Yuskaran down its throat. Now, for those of you who don't know anything about Honduran culture, let me explain something to you. Yuskaran is Honduran moonshine. It is the single most potent alcoholic beverage that is manufactured in the country of Honduras. And it is also one of the single most disgusting liquors manufactured down in Honduras. And here's how cheap and disgusting it is, although it's not cheap for the locals, but plenty of them drink it. It's sold in plastic bottles. That's how you know how classy it is. When an alcoholic beverage is sold in plastic bottles, you know it's a high class. It is the Mad Dog 2020 of Honduran liquor. And it's so potent that if you do one shot, people can smell it on you because it immediately starts coming out of your pores, sort of like people who drink half a bottle of whiskey or half a bottle of Jack Daniels. It is disgusting, and it's rancid when people smell that way. But you can smell it, and that's what they fed this poor turkey. They poured two or three shots of Yuskaran down its gullet, and this poor turkey, after it spit out the funnel, did a couple of tizzy circles in the middle of nowhere, because if it was drunk, it was drunk, and it had never been drunk in its life, and then it collapsed. It just fell over, passed out, drunk, from this Yuskaran, because apparently turkeys do not have high alcohol tolerance. And they were able to then humanely kill it, and have it for dinner. <laughs> the final story I'll share with you again happened to my brother. I love it when horrible things happen to my brother. I don't know if you can tell that, but it, I find them mildly amusing, and I love repeating them to people. This didn't involve a turkey. It didn't involve another rooster. It actually involved 
the bird that I think most people associate with grace, and the bird in question was a swan. When my brother and I were middle school and early high school students, late elementary school, middle school students actually, we, for several summers, participated in this, I suppose you could call it a high school program called AIM High. And what we were essentially there for is we were there to learn how to be high school kids, which we epically failed at, I might point out. But we went for several summers. And the program took place at this very prestigious Catholic high school. It was for public school kids, or for school kids of all ilks in the St. Louis area. But every single year it took place in this Catholic high school campus called priory which is probably the most ritzy campus there is because it feels like a real college campus almost that's how spacious and massive it is i mean it has several buildings devoted to classrooms different buildings are devoted to different subjects in classrooms the gymnasium that they had was massive because they had four or five different basketball courts just huge but then again you know when you're a private school you can afford to have four a gymnasium that is essentially four or five different basketball courts they had tennis courts they had their own golf course for christ's sake and they also had a pond between the main building where most of the classes took place and the gymnasium where we had all these sporting events. The program took place over the course of five weeks, and over the course of those five weeks, we played five different sports. Usually it was tennis, basketball, baseball, kickball, and soccer, I believe, if I'm remembering that correctly. No football. Priory is not very interested in football. Plus, it's a contact sport, so that's a big no-no. In order to get between the building where most of the classes, actual academic classes, took place and the building where the gym was, we had to go down this little valley of sorts, down one hill and towards the gymnasium, across this really beautifully, wonderfully maintained campus, these campus grounds. And as we passed, as we headed towards the gymnasium, we always passed a pond at which happened to live two swans. Swans, of course, um, those of you who know anything about birds know that they will, that they mate in pairs and they mate for life. And they're very protective of one, one another. Well, my brother must have gotten just a little bit too close to the swans and towards the pond. Because he went towards the pond, he just wanted to go and look and see if he could find any fish in the pond, like any kind of curious kid will do when they come to a body of water. They want to see if they they can find anything, spot anything that's living in the water. And he got just a little bit too close. And immediately, this big old bull male swan swam towards him, left his mate, swam towards him. He didn't initially panic. But when he saw it honking at him and hissing at him, he knew he should panic. So immediately he started running. Started running. Well, the minute he started running, the swan picked up speed. The swan flapped its wings, got out of the water, landed, and then came charging at him, wings a-flapping, honking like a 
18-wheeler in congested traffic. And he just ran like hell up that hill in order to get away from this swan. And finally he did. He didn't get pecked, he didn't get mauled, he didn't get bit, he didn't get flapped on. And of course, as many people might know, I believe swans have such strength in their wings that if they hit you full force with one of their wings, it could potentially break your arm, or at least severely damage you. And ever since then, whenever I bring up this story about the swans, which I do occasionally whenever my brother is getting a little bit too annoying and I think he needs to be knocked down a peg, I always just mention to him, it's like, well, at least I'm not the one who got chased by a swan. Immediately that shuts him up and he begins denying there is no swan. He's like, yes, there was. I know the story. Everyone knows the story. But of course that rarely happens because my brother knows better than to say anything goofy around me. But yes, occasionally we've had our run-ins with birds. They're not the only animal my family doesn't get along with, but they are definitely one of them. And we it's not just one species that we don't get along with either. It's always the ones that you least expect to be so rude to you. Except in the case of roosters, those little cocks can eat shit and die. 